That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Edward Furlong's in it too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that... Um, had a slight recording malfunction, but, uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> Don't get all penisy on me, Luke. <laughs> and I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> uh, and we're <laughs> bringing you another fantastic show as always, uh, before we really get rip-roaring into this episode with Roulette, recently watched, and uh, some Star Wars breaking down, um, I wanted to make a couple of notes. First of all, I apologize for how many times I say amazing, so we'll just get it out of the way right now. Amazing, 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 everything's amazing. So there, now I don't have to say it anymore. <laughs> that last episode was ridiculous. Uh, secondly, I keep forgetting to mention this the last few episodes, but we are constantly trying to improve the show and make it better. Uh, therefore, means we're screwing around with new equipment and always trying new mics here and there and uh, different positions for the mics and different recording levels and volumes, all to make it sound a little better. So uh, we've had some issues here and back and forth, and Eugene got a new mic a couple weeks ago. We've had yep. a little hiss on one episode. Sounded a lot better last episode. I just got a new mic, and this is the first time I'm trying it out. I know I probably sound bassier, but uh, we'll give it a go. And if it's less sensitive than my last one, that would be a big help for me on the editing side. And so far it seems to be, but uh, hopefully we'll keep the quality to a de decent level. And just know that we're always trying to make it sound good. And lastly, don't forget, Four Nights of Fulci coming up in October. The Nightlight Cinema in Akron, Ohio. October 9th, 10th, 16th, and 17th. House by the Cemetery, Zombie, City of the Living Dead, and The Beyond, all at 11.30 p.m. Showtimes. Get your tickets. They're on sale now. Nightlight Cinema. Dot com? That's the yep, address, that's right? It. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's it. Uh, so go there and get your tickets. Okay, let's dive into the roulette where we force each other to watch movies so you can avoid those grenades and find those gems in the rough. And last episode it was Gunwoman versus White God. I'm going to let you go first. White God. Okay. Uh, this is one that I had heard about. Uh, didn't really know what it was about. Uh, other than it had got some pretty good reviews, so uh, I'm like, okay, this is definitely one I should I should check out. And um, it's one of those movies where, as soon as I started watching it, um, immediately I was like, okay, this this is going to be this is a a well made movie. It's not one of those where it's like, oh boy, the acting sucks. Although even though the cinematography is really good, this was like immediately immediately I liked the acting. And I liked the cinematography, especially the girl in this movie. This is about a, a like a twelve, thirteen year old girl, which automatically red flags go up when it's the movie centers on that. But she was outstanding in this movie. Uh, it's basically about a girl and her dog, and what they do to reconnect, and what this dog does to his his adventures. It's like a dark version of Lassie. And that's literally what the movie is pretty much to me is, or Benji, Benji is what I'm thinking, 
where oh, okay. <laughs> where the the boy and Benji are separated, and then the whole movie is Benji trying to get back to his master right. owner, and that's what this movie is too. Uh, the girl goes with her father. Her her mother and father are split up, so she goes with her father for the weekend. Uh, guy hates the dog, so gets rid of the dog, and the dog goes through a series of horrible, horrible events, which leads the dog to eventually revolt against all the wrong that has been done to him. And all the while, the girl is trying to reconnect with her dog, and it is fantastic. Sounds uh, like the opposite of a Eugene movie. Complete opposite. Oh, but it's that's what's so weird is it's... All of a sudden, it takes this weird horror-ish to, to turn... It do- totally does. <laughs> like it's all of a sudden, it's like this very art housey Cujo type movie. Seriously. Oh yeah. wow, that sounds sweet. Um, but but even before, honestly, like I liked the stuff leading up to that, every bit as much as as that stuff because the acting is so good, and the dog, the the acting by the dog and dogs plural in the movie are is nothing short of of amazing. Uh, it was fantastic. I, I'm trying to think of anything that I didn't really like about it because I gave it four and a half out of five stars. I mean, this is like to me, this is this is pushing Oscar level filmmaking to me. Wow! Uh, Did yeah. that just come out this year? So maybe it will actually be up for Oscars. Yeah. Okay, it, I'm gonna have be, to it, see it then. It's from Hungary, so it would be a foreign. It's obviously it's a foreign movie. But uh, and I, I I heard about it first on either a horror website or in a horror magazine, uh, and then when I read the synopsis a little bit, I'm like, okay, maybe a Cujo type thing. Uh, then I started watching the movie. I'm like, well, no, this is kind of a drama, and it's first and foremost a drama. But uh, it does get into some horror esque uh, stuff, and it is very R rated. Trust me, it's mm-hmm. it's a tough watch, especially if you're an animal lover. There's some there's some hard stuff in here with oh, dogs wow. and and what this dog goes through but it is fantastic this might be the best roulette watch i've i've had i'm trying to think of one that was better uh but it's it is amazing but you have to go in thinking it's it's longer i mean it's it's two hours long uh but i I, I was going in like thinking oh here we go young girl Mm -hmm. Great, and it's subtitled, and I like subtitled movies, but I'm like, what if this thing sucks, and I've got to wade through two hours of this, and, but no, I was hooked. It was great. So, awesome. Well, I yep. will definitely watch that one yeah. uh, huh, maybe sooner than I thought I was going to, because yeah. that sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, the, actually, the, the, now that I think about the half star that was docked is, uh, because it is an art house type movie, the ending was had a very art house ending that I didn't much care for. I see why they did what they did. It fits with the feel of the movie, but I would have liked, I would have liked something different. But that's just me. Uh, yeah, and that's, right. You know, so I got you. So, okay. Anyway, over to me and Gunwoman. Let me just bring up my notes here real quick. Okay, Gunwoman. Now I, you're going to watch this movie without a shadow of a doubt. You are going to watch this movie, but I wanted to prepare you beforehand because I didn't want to just tell you to oh go for it because. In all actuality, you might have stopped it about halfway through. This is one you got to hang with all the way to the end. Not much of a synopsis to give on this one except a guy... Um, the premise on Netflix was a guy buys a prostitute or an enslaved woman uh, 
in order for him to get revenge, and he wants to train her to get revenge, which sounds pretty cool. Now, let's go to my actual review. Gunwoman! What if El Mariachi were made in South Korea in the 1990s? Multiple violent rapes, stabbings, shootings, limbs mangled, people vomiting all over themselves, and one guy gets his face pissed on. Oh, nice. That was the first nine minutes leading up to the title card. (laughs) I'm not even joking. I was in shock. In absolute shock. Uh, And after that, like the first third of the actual movie then uh, has that El Mariachi feel where it's like very low budget and two guys are just kind of talking and it's kind of bad filmmaking and it's just like, huh, what, why? And then they you get into the second act and it picks up and starts getting better with the training stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the third act. Uh, or maybe it's more like the second half of the movie where they, the, the guy tells the woman his plan and what he wants to do. Okay. And the third act becomes complete exploitation, absolute bloodbath lunacy. And Let's just say it involves a nightclub-type place where they allow rich people to indulge in necrophilia and cannibalism. Ooh. Dude, this movie is nuts, and it is not what I expected. By the end, I was like, this, Eugene has got... To, I mean, oh, you, yeah. may not, you, may not, you may not like it. Like, when it's all said and done, you may not like it. But it was, I think it, yeah, I breezed through it. Like, it felt like an 85-minute movie. Uh, okay. I could I could be wrong in that runtime, but that's what it felt like. But you well, got to hang know that, with it for through that first half. You know what you I mean? You know that the, yeah, Scream Factory actually released that on Blu-ray, so that's a good sign. Like Scream Factory, I I, I trust most of their releases. So being Scream Factory actually picked that up. I'm like, okay, well that's a good sign for a new release because they usually deal in older movies with a sprinkling of new release type stuff, mm-hmm. and so they picked this one up. So that's a good sign. I mean. When they got to about the midway point and he explained to her the plan, I was like, there is no way they are actually talking about what I think they're talking about. They're not (laughs) actually going to do what I think they're going to do. That's not even realistic or, like, even if they try that, I'm like, that's dumb. And then they went ahead and did it and I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. I can't believe I'm I can't believe this. This is insane. But I was... (laughs) Laughing all the way through, thinking Eugene's gonna love this, but I gotta yeah. tell him you gotta hang through that first half first, yeah, before gotcha. you get there. So don't yep. turn that one off, and I cannot wait to hear what you think of this movie. It next. was, <sighs> dude, it was nuts. <laughs> ne- next episode, yeah, that's one that it sounds like this was a finally a double win for the roulette. It was, but man, that it just that was not what I was expecting. At all. Hey, same here. Same here with White Dog. And by the way, speaking of which, um, I think that my movie got its title from an old movie called White. Uh, I said White Dog. Uh, an old movie God, called yeah. White Dog. There actually is an old movie called White Dog, and it is about a dog. I think that was abused or whatever. So I'm not sure if this is a remake or whatever. Oh, but there is a movie I, called White Dog. Could be a twist on that. Yeah, uh, like in a homage sense. Yeah. So, well, that's awesome, boy. I hope yeah. we can. Maybe pull another, another thumbs up. You know, up I'll tell you what. Of all of the movies that we have coming up for the next round, nine of them I want to see. Let's put yeah. it that. Oh way. yeah, and the I, list that I you think gave they're me, all I... about the same level. Like they're all roulette picks. None of yeah. them really stand out as. Yeah. 
that one looks obviously better than that one. So we'll see. Look, you go first. Tell me what you picked. Okay, so the movies that uh, you threw my way for the next roulette are Time Lapse and a movie called Harvest, The Suicide Theory, The Deadlands, and Infini, I think is how you pronounce it. Infini or Infini. Which I will say this right now, I did see that one. I watched that. And I'll get get to my review on that one later, but um, you don't have to throw any other was my way because Harvest is the one I'm taking. Uh, and and main and the main reason here is uh, Michael Shannon is in this, and Michael Shannon is one of those actors that generally does not take uh, bad roles. And uh, that's why I added yeah. it to my queue and the list because I looked at it in the synopsis and I'm like, eh, and the cover, eh. But Michael Shannon, yeah, uh, that that guy's not in crappy movies. I, exactly because so. yeah, the synopsis I'm like, eh, but I'm like this could be. It sounds uh, Misery-esque in the synopsis. Yeah. And uh, again, with him, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give this one a shot for sure. Uh, but honestly, uh, with the other ones, I pretty much, I think I added all of the other ones. Uh, because the that, suicide That time-lapse had good scores. Huh? That time-lapse had good scores. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, well, I'm looking the, the suicide theory sounds great. The Deadlands looks like a, that, actually, that looks like a... Uh, What's the uh, Mel Gibson Apocalypto type? At least the cover reminds me of Apocalypto a little bit. Yeah, maybe with Native Americans instead yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that also had a cover that might be Asylum. <laughs> it could be, yes. Oh, yeah. But, you know, some of those uh, travel war movies, what uh, not war, but like uh, going into battle type movies, Some sometimes those are, it's hard to find those gems. A lot of times they're Asylum-y type stuff mm-hmm. and, then, and then comes along Wormwood. You know, you mm-hmm. just never know when you're going to get one of those. Which, by the way, Wormwood is another one that Scream Factory, a, a new release that Scream Factory released. Mm-hmm. So that shows they, they are trying to, re- if they release new ones, seems like they're trying to obviously, obviously what company wouldn't want to release, you know, good new movies. Well, but, yeah, uh, but it's not like you see Magnet and an awesome trailer. And it's like, well, yeah, but they have far more misses than hits. Yes. Whereas if with them, yeah. it's more yeah. hits. Yep. Uh, okay, over on my side, you gave me Dear White People, Call Me King, Bad Night, The Reconstruction of William Zero, and Cross. And I added all of those except for Bad Night, because again, the synopsis starts off, two teenage girls are off on the... I'm done. Yeah. But, uh, and that one just sounded, again, it has to be... Too many things need to fall together for that to be awesome. Uh, and my, I already have 400 things in my queue, so yeah. I'll let you take that one. But uh, the rest of them are all in my queue. That Dear White People got good reviews, I think. Looks funny, um, I think. Yeah, it looks funny. Uh, I'm not really in the mood for that this week. Call Me King, action movie, uh, drug gun running. Again, it's like there's so many action direct-to-video that are just garbage that I'm like, eh. Um, I did add it, though. You never know. Uh, I know. Yep. Cross also looked good, but I'm not really in the mood for a Korean movie. So I'm taking The Reconstruction of William Zero. Sounds like it has a little bit of a sci-fi mystery. Yep. And I'm in the mood it sounds for... sounds great. Yeah. yeah, trying to figure out what's going on as a guy tries to... Uh, they, they do tests on a guy that has amnesia, but he may not want to know his past. Sounds a little bit M. Nighty, but uh, I'll give it a spin. We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. But I, I tell you... I, even if 
the movies that we picked are not good. I like I said, I'm gonna probably watch a couple of the other ones. So I would guess that in there, there's gonna be at least one thumbs up. Right, I agree. Okay, good, good deal with the roulette. Let's move on. Do you want to go? Okay, you had mentioned about Star Wars. Do you want to do recently watched first and then bleed into Star Wars to end? Yeah, it? let's. Uh, yeah, I okay. think so. Change it up a bit. Yeah. Um, I got four things on my recently watched that I need to talk about. Uh, stuff I've been bumping for many episodes now. Uh, you have more than that, I assume. Oh, man, I've got a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go first then. Okay. Um, well, okay. Well, first of all, I I've, I got on a uh, on a short film kick, uh, and that was mainly because I watched the uh, uh, director. Uh, if you just bear with me here, I'm going to pull it up on IMDb. Uh, I watched a short film. <laughs> And, uh, of course, I'm not going to be able to find it now, of course. Oh, no, uh, go ahead. I'll... <laughs> there we go. Okay, from director, uh, and it, it, this it's funny how this all came to be, is I was uh, listening to a podcast, actually, and uh, they made mention of Slash from Guns N' Roses, Slash. Well, he's oh, okay. kind of, he's, I guess he's got his own little production company now or something. Uh, making okay. a horror movie. Um, so they hired uh, the director of Love from Mother Only, Denison Romaljo. I, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Spanish guy. Um, he made one of my favorite short movies uh, of all time and one of the most evil things I've ever seen committed to film, 21 minutes long. And then I... So he's going to make his first feature film, and uh, so then I just did a real quick IMDb search on the guy, and I saw that he did another uh, short film, 25 minutes long, a couple of years ago, called Ninjas. Oh, and I I'm watched listening. It. <laughs> it is so awesome. It's so awesome. And it's nothing like what you think. Nothing at all like what you think. Uh, Are there ninjas? In a very, very, very... Are there, are there ninjas? Kind of. It, oh, ninjas are kind of. There are ninjas there are, aren't. Uh, it's, well, that's that's why you have to see it because there are kind of, but in a very different sense of the word. It is yeah. hardcore. Uh, I what I like about this director is he can pack so much mean gruelingness in such a short amount of time that I can't wait to see what he does with a feature length movie. Well, anyway, so I watched that. I loved it. And then that just spurred me on to try and find some other gems in the rough, uh, with short films. Cause short films, uh, for as many good ones as there are, there is, a, there's a bunch of just, you know, no budget uh, junk. There's out 200, there. uh, garbage ones out yeah. there, but that's part of the, um, how do I put it? Um, that's a side effect of filmmaking becoming cheaper, which in the end is a is a great thing. That's yes. a fantastic thing that you can use your phone and and cut together a movie on your uh, compu- on a program that comes on your crappy computer and upload it to YouTube so that y- you have the ability to film, edit, and distribute all on your own fingertips without having to spend thirty thousand dollars which not yeah. so long ago you would have to do to even make a short film yeah that's a fantastic thing the downside of it is that every single person thinks they're a filmmaker and it's 
hard to find. It's not a gem in the rough. It's a drop in the ocean. Yeah, it uh, is. Of finding the, the good ones in the garbage. You're right. And in fact, I mean, that's how Josh Trank got his start. He made this Star Wars short film about, I guess, a party where... The party, the, yeah. Somebody gets stabbed at a party. Yeah. The lights, yeah. And so because of that, that brought on Chronicle. And mm-hmm. so, um, so, but you're right. I mean, it's a drop in the bucket. You have to, you have to find the gems in the rough. And I, I'm happy to report after watching tons of short films, there is one that uh, I was so enamored with that I, I would love to, I would pay money to go watch this on a big uh, theater screen. And I actually, I think I texted you, uh, and I, I made mention of, of this movie. If you, I'm not sure if you remember that or not. Um, uh, of ninjas or what? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, what? Yeah, yeah what yeah. is? And, uh, Fist of Jesus. Fist of Jesus. That doesn't ring a bell. I yeah, think I, I would I remember think, a title like uh, that. Fist of Jesus. Um, five out of five stars. That is seriously. I I don't know if I can think of a better short film other than uh, Safe Haven from VHS Part Two. Uh, ninja is, Ninja Fist of Jesus would be a better yeah, film. <laughs> there you go. Um, ninja, sir, I, I, Ninjas is one of the best, and this movie is it is so great. Um, go on to go, all, all I can say: go on to Vimeo and search for Fist of Jesus and watch it. Pour yourself a drink and laugh and laugh and just revel in how awesome that is for 15 minutes. It's so good that I actually contemplated contemplated getting rid of the trailers in front of the Fulci movies and yeah. tried to get the uh, the rights to show that because that would go brilliantly with the in playing in front of the Fulci movies the, especially oh, with the crowd that's going to be there is it's it's just great so anyway <laughs> that's that's going to be my review of and I'm okay. going to go on to you but check out Fist of Jesus it's on Vimeo uh, it is great if you're listening to this show or especially if you like the type of stuff that I like, uh, yeah. you'll probably like that. But it's a very well-made movie, too, but it's hysterical. I'll try and give that a watch this week so that I can give the uh, uh, other side review and see what we yes. come up with. Uh, okay, I'll do a real quick back-to-back because the one will be short. Um, first up, the most recent uh, DC animated feature, Justice League, Gods and Monsters. Um this is one that I was pretty convinced from the trailer that I was not going to like because it's a, a kind of a Justice League origin, well, not origin movie, but uh, it's Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and they're together and fighting stuff, except they're completely different characters. They're not any of the characters that you know. Uh, it's almost like an else world story or an ultimate alternate dimension is what it looked like because... Uh, uh, like, for example, Superman was not Kal-El from Krypton, it was Zod's child from Krypton. And mm. Batman was not Bruce Wayne, Batman was uh, the Man-Bat character from that universe, who is an actual vampire. And Wonder Woman was somebody... It was all weird. And so I'm like, why do they... I, I get a little... I, I don't really get into those stories as much. There's this whole Earth 2 thing, and there's they all have their side dimensions and stuff where everything is just kind of slightly twisted, and I don't really get into that. I'm sort of like, it feels kind of cheating to me. Like, just, you don't have any more stories for irregular characters, so you invent this side universe. But, uh, I believe this was 
uh, directed or produced or written by Paul Dini, who did the amazing uh, Batman animated series, which is one of the greatest animated anythings that ever existed. And I gotta say, I loved it. It was great. I, I cannot believe that I'm saying that, but it was wow. very twisted and weird, and I still would prefer to have a regular kind of Justice League adventure, but it was fascinating all the way through. I, I was totally into it, and I, the thumbs up, man. If, you, if you're like me, and you that would kind of put you off of it, being in Elseworlds or... Strand, not, I keep saying Elseworlds. It's not an Elseworlds thing, but it's a an alternate universe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, still give it a chance, because I ended up really liking it. Um, next up, a review I've teased for a couple weeks, and that's Gone Girl, David Fincher. Ooh. Yes, finally. So Let us dive you're... on this one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Especially from me, who is kind of a Fincher fanboy. That guy can pretty much do no wrong. So curious your thoughts. <laughs> one moment. <laughs> Gotta say, I was pretty disappointed with this movie. <laughs> ah, what? That was my uh, number the... two movie of the year last year. Uh, I could see it making it, it's uh, boy. I don't, not for me, man. Uh, it's excellent filmmaking all the way through, but I got to kind of put it with Zodiac in a, in a manner of speaking. Um, and I've, I, it's, it's, I admit that it's great filmmaking and it's very intriguing and, uh, it, yeah, it's brilliant filmmaking, but I just, the story just got so preposterous and unbelievable that by the end I hated I hated everybody, and I've had some uh, more like-minded feminist types uh, say they think it's hilarious that people come out and think that that woman is a bitch, and I'm like, boy, I gotta tell you, I usually tend to side against the men in most cases, but I gotta say, she was a bitch. Uh, Like, (laughs) he he was no charmer by any stretch. I mean, he was a he deserved a lot, but I don't feel he deserved that. No, uh, no, he you didn't. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. sort of like, I just don't understand the vindictive drive there. It, You know, and yeah. that's something that I've talked about before on the show is um, with uh, other movies like some, some Wes Anderson movies and et cetera, et cetera, where, the, where the, it's, it's the problems of rich people. And you know what I mean? The ultra-rich who are so bored that all we have to do is time to sit around and contemplate life, and we suffer in the indignities of while we sit around contemplating, and I'm sitting there going, "Uh, get a job. Maybe get rid of all your rich money so that you don't have time to just go traipsing across the world. Uh, And then you would maybe have a real problem to think about. (laughs) Uh, But that's just the cultural divide between us regular schlubs and the insanely rich people that have the time to do these kinds of things. And that, I think, kind of qualifies with Gone Girl. Uh, Here's a housewife that, while she had all the money, was didn't do anything and was bored and spending her time in tennis clubs. And, I, I you know, whatever. It's just like, what? Go do something with your life instead of spending all of your time with this plan and project and... Uh, maybe I'm spoiling things. Am I? No. I don't know. I just no, no, no. I don't think no. You haven't tried. You haven't spoiled things. It's and to especially to the third act when they get, when it comes to its ah trying to be yeah. vague, vague vague review um towards the third act where things come to a uh, not a closure but a breaking point and yeah. then they 
the uh, multiple paths are re-entwined. I was just like, it was too preposterous for me to believe. Like, at some point, you just got to be, no, no, no. But <laughs> that didn't happen. And it was, it just was so farcical that I, it was hard for me to buy in. And all of a sudden it was like, I'm just watching somebody trying to be clever at writing or write something shocking, I guess. I, I, meh, I did not ultimately care for it. I will still give it a passing grade because it was such good filmmaking. Just the, I just didn't buy the, the story. Sorry. Would you, would you put this at the bottom of Fincher's, uh, I might, but that still is better than most movies. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and it definitely is not my favorite David Fincher movie by a long stretch. And I only yeah. watched it one time in the theater. And you know, I watched it. You know, I was just like, "This is such a great movie because it's a new, it's a new David Fincher movie." And I love the score, and I love the the opening credits are awesome. And Ben Affleck is, I think he's a great actor. And everybody, I agree. Like, I hated almost everybody in the movie, and I I was supposed to hate almost everybody in the movie, and. Uh, I want to give that one a rewatch, but I, I loved that movie. But again, I watched it one time in the theater. So yeah, and uh, you know he said that, uh, or Fincher said, oh, I, I think it would be hilarious. I, I'm misquoting, but something to the effect of, I think it would be hilarious if this movie caused thirty thousand divorces because he, I guess the expectation was that everybody will come out of the theater and the men will all side with the with Ben Affleck and the women will all side the other way. And that will cause everybody to fight until the end. And it's sort of like, I, I don't think that would happen. I, I mean, there are a lot of people that say what she did was great. So anyway, overreact much? How about you move on with your life? No, you can't just, can't do that. But uh, whatever, I guess I'm yep. just a different breed. I, I don't know if, I hey, I love my wife. I love my kids. If my wife ever did anything that horrible, I would just move on with my life. I I would not be like I, my goal in life is to destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like getting this stupid podcast to sound like it cost more than a nickel to produce. Okay, back to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so uh, next up is a movie that I watched called Robo Shark, and that got zero stars. And then next up is a movie called Burying the X, oh. directed by Joe Dante. Oh, my. Robo Shark. Um, so Burying the X, uh, directed by Joe Dante. And uh, starring uh, Alexandra D'Addario. Uh, she is... That rings uh, a bell. Yeah, yeah, she's actually been in... She was in uh, the Percy Jackson movies, and she was in San Andreas and the two, 2013 Texas Chainsaw movie. Okay. I believe that she was the... I think she was the main girl in that movie, actually. Uh, but I do like her. She, she's good, and she was good in this movie, too. But it's Joe Dante, so I have to watch it. Right. Uh, and uh, Anton... Uh, Yelchin, is that how you pronounce his name, I believe? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, I'm like, okay, here we go. Joe Dante and some actors that I like. And with Joe Dante, that means it's probably going to be a horror comedy. And it was a horror comedy. And entirely, completely forgettable horror comedy, unfortunately. <laughs> Not bad, but just just middle of the road. You know how everything's going to play out. The jokes are pretty funny. Uh the special effects here and there are okay. And honestly, you can pretty much guess what the storyline line is from the cover of the movie 
And the title is, oh, okay, so his ex-girlfriend is a zombie, and he falls in love with someone else. And this is literally the cover of the movie. And she comes back from the grave to get her revenge. That's the movie. Uh, Ashley Ashley Green is the is the ex in the movie, and she's been... I recognize in, that name as well. Yeah, she was in the Twilight series. Not that I would know who she is in that, but <laughs> she was in almost all of them. So obviously she's got a big part in that series. Um, anyway, but... It, I, Don't lie, on. we know you've watched them all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, very... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, come on, Joe Dante. I, I'm waiting for... Gremlins I'm 3? Wait, <laughs> yes, I'm waiting for the Gremlins slash Howling Joe Dante again. Not... Uh, this, this kind of pedestrian... It, it felt like a very, very watchable Netflix movie. And not... Not... Well, not pedestrian is the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah, and it's rated R. I mean, it, but it's still, it's like, you, you, so you went with the R rating. So you should have fully embraced that R rating. Uh, but honestly, one of the main problems I had with the movie was Anton's character in the movie. And I like him. I think he plays a great uh, checkoff in the Star Trek movies. But here he was just a wimpy, dorky geek. And wasn't, after, wasn't it him that was in the... Uh, uh, that last vampire remake that we both loved. Uh, well, was, I, I think it was. Yes. And he was very good in that. What the hell was the name of that movie? Yeah, he was fright night, fright night. There you go. Yes. He was really good in that actually. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was actually, he was a very similar character in, in this as he was in fright night. But in this one, he was just a complete pussy. And through the whole thing, I'm like, are you, come on guy, grow a set of balls. And, it got to yeah. the point where I'm like, this is now it's officially just a plot device to to pad out a 90-minute runtime because otherwise you can take care of this problem way quicker than than you are. Right. So anyway, but it, I I, the reason I want to talk about it on the show is because it is Joe Dante, and I've watched every movie this guy's made. Uh, and unfortunately, the last couple have just been so-so. And it's unfortunate because he started so strong with Piranha and Howling and Gremlins, and the guy has done some great movies and yeah um even i even like small soldiers i thought that was a pretty good movie inner space i mean did you like inner space i love inner space i've i've give dennis quaid a free pass forever because of that movie yeah, <laughs> yeah and the burbs i mean the burbs was awesome i still haven't um, seen that one that was oh, that was great i need so, to uh anyway that's uh you know okay. that's it should you watch it i think you should you might like it better than i did but keep expectations at a a quick 90 minute Netflix movie. Move on. Mm. Nothing to see, you know. Okay. I got you. I got the feel of it. Okay. Uh, two left. And these two, I got from the library at the, on the same day. And I had completely opposite expectations for both of them and came out completely the opposite on the reviews, which was shocking. First up, we had Kingsman, the secret service, Matthew Vaughn. I've liked every single movie he's made. And the trailer for this just screams me. Um, I thought there's, there, this is automatic me movie there. There's no way that I give this a thumbs down and I'm probably not going to give it a thumbs down, but it's barely a passing grade, uh, which you might find shocking if you know my taste in movies, but I just, boy, something just felt wrong to me throughout this movie and didn't 
quite work. Uh, I liked a lot of the story. I liked the action was fantastic. But I, what killed it for me was the frickin' green screen. Oh, excuse me. This movie had more green screen. I mean, it's, it had so much green screen in all the ways that I hate. I seriously felt like I was watching Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow Part 2. You know, it, it like, all of the backgrounds got to go on forever. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they land in a tunnel. The tunnel goes on forever, perfectly straight. And it doesn't, it looks half cartoony. Like, you can tell it's just fake as hell. Like, it, oh, that just frustrates the hell out of me when, when stuff looks that fake in the background. It's so much so that it pulls me out of the movie. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know if I want to say controversy, but about the end joke. And, <laughs> you know, I wasn't offended by it, but the look on his face when he's going for it, it just sort of was like, again, being vague on purpose in case you don't know what we're talking about. Because uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, but... Uh, I, you know what came to mind? It, you look rapey, for one, and for two, <laughs> for two, that's the complete opposite of what a kingsman, a gentleman, would do. And didn't, but not him. Like, it was very icky. You know, it, you, it, you have a good point there. I thought it was hilarious, but that, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, that is a good point, is because he did look kind of rapey, and you're right, the kingsmen are professional gentleman right and i mean it it would have worked better if the joke had been there oh screw it let's just talk about it uh we're talking about a girl that offers offers him up anal sex if he saves her and he completed the mission and saves her yeah we're not ruining anything in this movie and then he goes in there and is smiling while she's offering up her bare ass yeah. and he gives this real hey, <laughs> yeah i'm about to Tack that anus. And it was just like, <laughs> really? I mean, I guess you were supposed to be like, ha ha, oh wow, he did it. But it came off to me like, ooh, Not not like <laughs> that it was gross, do whatever you want with your parts, I don't care. But it just, it came off like, dude, have a little, like, self-respect. Like, I don't, it just felt like Conan. You, you, I barbarian, you owe me. You know what I mean? Or it was just like, what? Like, you're supposed to, to crush, the, to crush the enemy, <laughs> to see them driven before you. <laughs> to hear the anus of the woman. I, it just was very, it didn't work. Like, you know, it would have been different if they, it had been a running gag throughout, like this little pervy kid who's taken off the streets and trained as a spy was constantly yeah. trying to get some from his girlfriend and she kept saying no, no, no. Uh, or I only give it up to real men or something like, like if that had been an ongoing gag throughout, then maybe uh, it might've worked, I guess, but it just did not float with me. That that's all secondary to the, again, the CGI was the, my biggest complaint about this movie. And it was just appallingly bad too, when they were using it, it just was, it, it stood out like a sore thumb. It just did not, mesh for me at all and when that happens man i get pulled out now that's a guy coming from a guy who actually owns the dvd of sky captain (laughs) yeah and that's a bad movie but i still can uh be amused by it uh same thing here i'll give it a passing grade but barely uh i mean it took me three days to get through it i kept falling asleep Uh, i like the action bits but i loved what sam jackson was doing but every turn the bad cgi was just ripping me right out of that thing 
<sighs> so anyway, I, I and, thought the movie and, was and, and I'm I totally movie, but, removing yeah. all of my credibility because at the end of this, we're going to talk about Star Wars and I'm going to gush about episode one, two and three. So I <laughs> <laughs> just delete any comment I have. But <laughs> hey, it's cinema. Uh, it's subjective. I, I really liked Kingsman. I totally. thought it was a, a fun movie. But I, you know, I see what you're saying. The CGI it didn't stick out to me, uh, but uh, I, but you did bring up a good point about the end joke. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. But looking at it from that point of view, you are right. It's like they, what a Kingsman wouldn't be like that. But yeah. Uh, but again, maybe that's the point. He's not supposed to be a regular. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, and I'll I'll pro- I'll give it another watch. Like I said, passing grade. But. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there's another point I was going to make. Oh, I mean, everything else seemed worked pretty good. The plot worked fine. I, a lot of people were complaining they didn't like Sam Jackson, the, what he, the choices he made as an actor and that. I thought it was great. I thought oh, he everything was he did was, was perfect. Uh, yeah, the story was fine. The jokes all worked, except for that end one. Uh, it was very... I just It just made me feel gross. <laughs> like, you. Uh, anyway, uh, go ahead. What do you okay. got for us next? Uh, so, do you want me to hit on uh, Area 51 at all? I know I talked about that on my show. Uh, I, sure, I can, if you, if you okay. want to, it's up to you. Okay, I'll just briefly mention Area 51. This movie has gotten a lot of hate, and I think one of the reasons, and this is Oren Pelly's follow-up to Paranormal Activity. There has been a lot of not I don't want to say controversy with the movie, but it's it's been in release limbo for years and years and years. This was supposed to be his huge follow up, five million dollar follow up to the very low budget paranormal activity, and it finally got released and then just dumped to Netflix. And I was going in with the lowest of expectations, and I I might be the only person on earth that thought it was a solid movie. Man, I thought this was a cool movie. I liked the uh, the special effects in it. I part of it is because I love anything that revolves around Area Fifty One and UFO alien I do too. type stuff, and I'm a sucker for a good found footage movie. And if you can do, do the whole suspension of disbelief here, where it's like, why are these characters doing what they're doing? Because they do some pretty dumb things. They just they do, and it's to propel the plot forward. And I just I was along for the ride the whole way through, even when they were doing things that I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I was still like, okay, but you're doing that because we're going to get to some cool alien shit, and we do. And I, that's why I thought the movie was good, really good. And I think that you would like it. If you go in with the mindset of they're going to do things that normal people will not do to progress the story, because they do, it, you're going to like it, I think. Uh even if you came back with a bad review on the movie, there's a good chance I would watch it because I also am obsessed with Area 51 movies. Yeah. I love that stuff. That it's actually I'm so into that that it gets me to rewatch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> oh, I've been I've, thinking about that movie again. I'm like, oh dear lord, here's another two and a half hours of my life. I'm going to piss away at. I'm going to watch it again. I know I've I'm probably watch watched it. that movie three or four times, and every time, <laughs> the first time I watched it in the theater, I remember. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I will I never this. forget us talking after that. <laughs> Because you went and saw it the same night that I did in totally different theaters, and you came yeah. out and you're like, "Oh, I think we're gonna disagree on uh, on this new indie movie." And I was like, "Oh, mother of God, you gotta be kidding me!" And you're like, "You loved it, didn't you?" And I was like, "No, God, no! It was horrible." And you were like, "Oh, 
I thought we th- I thought for sure you were going to love it because it's science fiction. <laughs> I yep. was like, that was horrible. <laughs> and since then, I've watched it probably three times total, or maybe even four. By, yeah, by... <laughs> I I have two because I'm just like I got to give it another chance. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I judged it too quickly. Still terrible every time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, gonna give glowing reviews of the prequels coming up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Area Fifty One. Uh, anything else? I got one more. So if you want to throw another one yeah, in here, you I'm gonna throw do. one more in. A big, oh well, bit, uh, that goes along with Area Fifty One. And again, I touched on this on my own show, but I'll I'll just make make mention of it here. Uh, another found footage movie, UFO, is that Hangar Ten movie that is on Netflix now. I watched okay. that one as well uh, because the cover is insanely cool is some guy with a metal detector pointed at the sky and there's lights in the sky. It's awesome. And you're like, Oh, it can't be that good. And unfortunately it's not that good, but it is still a very watchable movie. Very much, uh, has a feel for, of the original Blair witch project to where they're in the woods and there's something going on in the woods. And instead of a witchy type, whatever it is, it's UFOs. Uh, the reason to watch this is some very, very convincing, good special effects in the end. It's not as good as Area 51, but it is definitely watchable. And that's coming from a, I like found footage and I like UFO stuff. So I liked it. And I like, I, for a back to I understand. Take it with a grain. We, but yeah. that's the point of, of the movie Freaks is to show, uh, here's what I'm into. If you're remotely into this kind of stuff, you might enjoy it as well. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So. Yes, yes. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna t- touch on one more found footage movie, but I'll let you go next. Okay, this is the other one I got from the library with the Kingsman, and I had insanely low expectations because I was so disappointed with this director's last movie, uh, Chappie, from oh, Neil yeah. Blomkamp. Um, now I loved District Nine; that thing blew me away. Like many other people i i that was a great movie it's not perfect it still has its issues uh especially the transition from uh found footage ish live action you know where they're following around with a camera i don't know exactly what you call that uh and then it transitions into just a movie and there's not really an explanation for there and it's kind of jarring but it still is a great movie then he moves on to elysium with uh matt damon and that movie was bad. Oh, boy, was it bad. That was quite disappointing. Had some excellent special effects and some of the worst shaky cam action scenes uh, that have ever been committed to film, in my opinion. I, unfollowable action. But then again, maybe I should give that one a second chance after just admitting I've watched Crystal Skull more than once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, with Chappie, the... Uh, <clears throat> uh, the, uh, the trailer... Sold to me. A buddy of mine online said the, said this, and it's the truest form of what I was thinking. But it, it sells to me like an adult version of the Iron Giant, and it's sort of like oh, I'm gonna get weepy, and I know where this is going. And it's always when you're messing with robot AI stuff, it's going one of two ways. It's either going Iron Giant, it's gonna be sad and weepy, or it's going Terminator, and everybody's dead. And so you're like, ah, eh, it's kind of predictable. But his last movie really blew, and uh, eh. Come to the library, it's free, I'll give it a shot. I loved it. Completely loved it. Gone is all of the shaky cam. The special effects are so good, it made me lower my score on Kingsman another notch. Wow. It's, that's hmm. how good the special effects are for Chappie the Robot. 
and everything that happens. It, it's more like a uh, cross between RoboCop and there is Iron Giant in there as well. Uh, but then when you get to the, like the like the conclusion where you think it might be sappy or sad or anything like that, it's not. And they went away that I did not expect and I didn't see coming until right up until it was about to happen and then I was like, I cannot they're going this way. I love it. I love it. Please succeed and it was glorious. I give this movie huge marks. This is one of my favorite of whatever year it came out. Was this year or last year? I can't remember, but I, I it would probably make my top ten of whichever year. Wow. It, that's great. It, I had a shit eating grin through the entire film. I thought that the inclusion of this uh was a die art or the South African rap duo that Neil Blomkamp's in love with. He put them in the movie because he loves them so much and they're kind of they're rap but they're kind of like goofy rap a little bit. Uh just I don't know. It's hard to explain but Yeah. Um you know he put them in as actors. Okay, that's a huge warning sign too. You're like, what uh but it made sense in the context of the film, okay? And Stephen mentioned he really did not like this movie because he hated them and they were idiots, but they were supposed to be. Like, their characters were supposed to be these dumbasses in this dystopic-type future where you have two classes, the ultra-rich, police, and the poor. Uh, and these were the ultra-poor, you know? They didn't uneducated. Yeah. And they act like idiots, and they just trying to get money to survive. So they're going to do things like this. Yeah. Uh, but this I gotta did, tell you, this did come out this year. It came out in, on March sixth. Okay, it's good chance makes my top ten of the year. I, wow! I'm not nice. kidding, dude. I loved it, and I loved the ending. I loved the score. I loved the the special effects were so mind blowing. If this isn't up for Oscar for special effects, the, the, it's just that's wrong. I I looked, stared, and studied so hard uh, at Chappie the robot, and that was all completely. CGI created, as far as I know, and I could not find one thing that looked CGI. It looked Man. real. It looked so real. Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it was a suit. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they had uh, the guy that played Chappie was uh, I can't remember his name. It was the main guy from uh, District Nine. Charlotte uh, Copley. Copley. Yeah. Copley. Yeah. Yeah. And it I like was him. a. I do it like was him. A, Dude, it was a brilliant performance. Uh, absolutely brilliant. And I, I, if he, I think he did the motion capture. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But he definitely did the voice. And it's a brilliant performance because this Chappie character is an AI, like a small baby, and grows to understanding. So there's, there's a lot you have to deliver in uh, the vocal performance. Even yeah. if he did the motion capture, he still would have to go do uh, afterwards, go dub in all the dialogue. And it was such a great uh, bit of emoting just in your... It was amazing. I loved it, man. And there's a lot of people that have that have taken a dump on this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I get it, I guess. But I'll tell you what, I was blown away. I thought I was really waiting for all of that shaky cam garbage again. None. None. The, uh, the action scenes were so crisp. And you could tell everything that was going on. There were... I, how do I say this without ruining anything? Uh... There was a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but there were there were some big action pieces with big other characters that I did not expect. And when it came in, it was like, 
it, it was like uh, the Hulk. It was like Ed 209. It was like, <laughs> it was like one of those things where you're going to cut that thing loose and that thing gets cut loose and you're like, holy hell, it's, it's going to war. And it, oh, it was great. I loved the end uh, the third act was amazing. And the ending was great. Hugh Jackman was very strange and scary and weird as kind of the quasi villain. Uh, <clears throat> I cannot imagine you would not love this movie. But I can't you know wait what? to watch it. I could be totally wrong. Maybe you'll go. St- maybe you'll agree with Stephen and most of the online community. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of the online community hated Area Fifty One, and I'm again, I am a an island of one on that one. It seems like that I actually really enjoyed that movie. So there, who knows? I, you know, I, I resurrected the discussion on this on my one of the websites I'm on, and. It, Finally, I read the thread because you skip the review thread because everybody's doing spoilers. Um, and it seems split down the middle. You love it or you hate it. Either it yeah. works for you or it does not. It does not. It's not one of those where it's like, eh, it's okay. And people are seriously hate this movie or seriously love it. Put me in the love it camp. Yeah, cool. Okay. I, that's definitely one that I'm going to watch as soon as I can. Please I wish it do. would be on Netflix, but... Um... You it's, know, hit, it's that worth running. Yeah, that director's other movies are not on Netflix, and yeah, I'm guessing that that's one that I'll have to either do the video on demand or find a used copy on Blu-ray or whatever. So, I loved it. Back to you. Cool. Okay, uh, I want to talk briefly about a movie I watched this weekend. Uh, not this week. Actually, Thursday night. Went to watch the sneak preview of M Night Shyamalan's The Visit. And the, the timing had just worked out perfectly to where I'm like, ah, you know what? I can actually see a movie in the theater, and why not let it be M. Night's newest movie, which was getting pretty good reviews. And I am one of a very, another very short list of people that actually enjoyed his last movie, uh, After Earth. I thought that that was a good movie, other than <laughs> the fact that, hey, you were the, actually, you were no, the no, one. No, no, I, I was a little shocked. I forgot about After Earth, and I'm sitting here going, you liked The Happening? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I completely no, the, forgot about After the Earth. The Happening yeah. was terrible. But the After Earth, <laughs> there was problems with that movie, but I I thought that it was very watchable. Uh, in fact, to the point where I'm like, I, I, I distanced myself from, like, I, I took myself out of some of the things I didn't like of the movie, but I still enjoyed it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's just be honest. There was a problem with the movie. Yes, and that would and be Will Smith's son. <laughs> Jaden Smith, yes. Yes, but I'm like, <laughs> we, okay. Beside him, I like the storyline. I like where everything was going in that movie. The special effects were really good. Um, anyway, that's that. <laughs> Whatever. This is the farthest thing from After Earth and most of what he's done. This is a very small-scale, low-budget movie. Uh, Blumhouse produced the movie, and Blumhouse has been doing tons and tons of movies. Um, the, the trailer said Deborah Logan to me. That's what it looked like. It's another taking of Deborah Logan-ish. Yeah, yeah kind of. It's, found footage. It, yeah, it's not as good as Deborah Logan. Not near as scary as Deborah Logan, but it is. it shows that there is still life left in the found footage. Uh, Once again. Yeah, but it's... Th- again, is, another side effect of, of <laughs> uh, movie making getting cheaper. Yeah, which which is a good thing. Yeah, but I like that they, they he found an interesting way to make another found footage movie. Is these two kids, uh, they go to visit their grandparents that they've never seen before because their mom had a falling out with them, and they haven't spoken to each other. But then she goes on a cruise with her boyfriend, and they agree to to watch her kids 
as a way to reconcile whatever. And so they wanted to document, the kids wanted to document uh, their first time meeting with their grandparents and how that goes. And so we see that footage. And uh, it is as much a comedy as it is a horror movie. And this is a horror comedy. And I've heard that from other reviewers, and I'm like, the trailer doesn't look like that at all. Yeah, it is. It, it, and, and here's what makes it funny is a, a, another movie that the kid actors are great. I watched it with my wife, and she really liked it. I mean, she she hates horror movies. But even in the end, when it was all said and done, she was like, you know what? That I liked that. Uh, mainly because she's like, I really liked the kids in that movie. And they were really, really good. They, the acting was good. Uh, how it progressed was both funny and creepy. Um, and it was natural with what they were doing with the video cameras. It wasn't like, why are you taping this? It felt, for the most part, like, yeah, I understand what you're doing. I understand why you're doing it. Uh, but the kid actors were really funny, and the grandparents were funny and creepy at the same time, and it just worked It worked very, very well. When, it, when the end credits rolled, I'm like, M. Night, still, he's still got it. It's still a good it's Well, a good he's still got something, we'll say. He's still got I'm something, like, he's yeah. He's still got it. <laughs> yes. But uh, it was just nice to see him do a small-scale movie that I'm guessing, if he didn't finance himself, uh, he probably didn't have much meddling with studios. Uh, and I, what I've heard is a lot of his movies have studio meddling in them. Not saying that, that the happening is not his fault, but, you know... It happened. <laughs> after, the, after the debacle that was Fantastic Four, I am more and more convinced that sometimes... Studios just, even though they're fronting the bill, I understand that. But if a director has a vision, just kind of let them go with it for the for the most part, because I think. That or if you're going to green light the vision, let them go with it. Yeah, like it, exactly. It, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, it gets a thumbs up. It definitely is hey, a watch, fun I'm, movie. I'm one of the guys that I root for M Night. I really do. Even though I've ripped to shreds uh, the happening and uh, Airbender. Uh, that was out of a passion for the anime, but with every other nerd on the in the world. Uh, but you know, I'm one of the few people that defend the village. Yeah, lady in the even lady in the water. That seems to be the big turning point where everybody goes love it or hate it. I really like that movie, even though it is not is full of flaws. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I still root for that guy, and I think he's he's got a major comeback in him. Um, and I really root for him to pull that off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Last thoughts on the visit? Just, if you get a chance, see it in the theater, or at the very least, try and catch it at the Dollar Theater. It's a good movie. I I was impressed. And the fact that my wife, who hates, like I said, hates horror movies, and this would fall pretty close to a horror movie, she gave it a thumbs up. She was like, that was, that was good. I like that. So, there you go. Well, that's my dead money pick in the Fantasy Movie League, so I will not be supporting it in cinema, but I, <laughs> and I hope everybody else will stop yeah, It did, actually, it. <laughs> it did very good. It, it did very good this weekend, which was yeah. surprising. Yeah, uh, but that's good what, enough good, to good probably word of mouth and, yeah, <laughs> kill Good word of mouth pick. and good, uh, good, you know, the fact that it's low budget, I mean, 25 or whatever million dollars that it made, not bad. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh... Anything else you want to add to recently watch? You want to move on to Star Wars? Um, let's see. Robo Shark, Zero Stars. No, I'm good. Yep, I'm good. Got that. We got that. Yep, good. Good. <laughs> We're all fine here. Thank you. Okay, Star Wars. 
you wanted to, you asked me tonight can we do a little segment where we talk about star wars and i was like are you stupid this might as well be a star wars podcast because <laughs> i could do a month of episodes on star wars and you know uh it's around the bend what we're september uh, October, November. We're three months away from a new yeah. Star Wars movie, dude. Almost to the day. Almost to the day. Three months away. There yes. go my nipples again. Yep. Okay, go ahead. What What do you got? Well, I watched the uh, original trilogy again on Blu-ray. Just, I, I'm like, I can't wait. I was gonna wait, wait until wait, wait. The... original special edition trilogy, probably. Yes, yes, the okay. version that's available on Blu-ray. I'm like, you know what? I I can't wait. I was going to wait until early December, but I'm like, nope, nope, I'm going to watch them now. Maybe if I'm feeling up to it, I might watch the newer ones before as well. But at the very least, I'm watching these. Possibly might even if I can snag a used copy or if it pops up on Netflix, which I doubt, the uh, newest Star Wars animated show, uh, Rebels. Rebels. Yes, Mm -hmm. because I heard that season one is really good. I'd love to watch that. Um, But... I'm like, I'm just, I'm getting into my Star Wars groove now. I'm like, okay, Star Wars, Hateful Eight, and Spectre are coming out soon. So I'm all geeking out on awesome, cool movie shit coming up. Yeah. So Star Wars it was. And and after watching all three, almost back to back, with maybe a night in between, I'm like, ah, that's, it's fresh in my mind. I want to talk about it just a little bit and just, sure, the, how important those movies are in my life and, and I'm sure in your life and, Obviously, the cinematic world and the summer movie and all that good stuff. And what your favorite Star Wars movie is, what my favorite Star Wars movie is, and maybe what J.J. Abrams has coming down the pike and where we think that his might fall with the, I don't know. Yeah, with I got you. All the other ones. So, um, but yeah, so for me, watching them all back to back, I watched the first one again, uh, uh, the first one being A New Hope, thinking, boy, you know what? This might be my favorite Star Wars movie of all time because it's just so good. And I have so many memories with this. And then I watched The Empire Strikes Back. And I'm like, nope, nope. It's The Empire Strikes <laughs> And it is The Empire Strikes Back, especially after watching Return of the Jedi. Uh, I'm like, yep, Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie in my opinion. It's the most epic, the the most emotionally impactful I think it has, of the original trilogy, probably the best special effects. Um, I just, everything about Empire is, is, that's the first movie that I ever saw in my life. uh, At least that I can remember watching. I watched this when I was six years old. My mom, and this was the first movie I saw in the theater. My mom and dad took me to see it in 1980. We got there late, and into the theater we go, and so the door is open, and all I see is this gigantic screen with snow. I'm like, what? And then we sit down, and then all of a sudden, these guys riding two-legged dinosaurs come into screen. Banthas. They're banthas. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, uh, what, what's going on? And then some guy slices open one of those creatures and guts spills Shit, on they're them. not banthas, are they? I just, I need to trade in my, my Star Taun-taun. Wars card. Yeah, t- I, Tauntauns. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh, damn it, all to hell. I haven't watched the original trilogy in so long. Uh, uh, they're so I've good. I've worn out a couple of VHS sets. Yeah, oh, plural yeah. sets watching them hundreds of times oh, and the reason I want to bring up the Star Wars <laughs> movies now is because you and I have a history with these movies actually together yeah. I mean back when we were kids uh, after Empire Strikes Back came out that was the first Star Wars movie I watched they re-released A New Hope and I know that 
I'm guessing that you were along with us, but we saw that in the theater. Or at least Kathy Marner was along uh, with us. Your mom. Yes, according to my mom, uh, I was along with you, but I, I would have been... So you're talking before Return came out? Yes. So that would have been, what, 84? No, 83? Uh, let's see. Return was 83, so that would have been probably 81 or 82. Yeah, it would have been like three. I, I don't yeah. remember seeing the originals in theater. I, I definitely saw the re-releases. I yeah. might have a vague memory of seeing Return, but that's so vague at three or four, who can tell? Yeah. Uh, but according to my mom, yes, I saw... I was that young. I, I She took me when I was like two. Two and three to see Empire and Return. <laughs> 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 but but yes. then we, But then you and I watched... Actually, my mom and dad, because I, I turned into a Star Wars freak... Uh, they actually refused to take me to see Return of the Jedi in the theater. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the flip side, they did take me to watch Back to the Future, and, and Return of the Jedi was still showing when Back to the Future came out, and I remember going to this two-screen theater, and I'm like, I'm watching Back to the Future. I'm going to watch Back to the Future, which that poster, I can't believe this is going to be just amazing, and it was. But I'm like, but Return of the Jedi is also still on, and I'm not allowed to watch that. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I were th- I think the first time I watched Return of the Jedi was on your mom and dad's small little, maybe 20-inch, if that, black and white television at your uh, No, that was more like a 10-inch. Yes. It was tiny little kitchen yeah. one. They, they had a black and white 10-inch yes. uh, mm. that was sitting in the kitchen. And yes. that, that's what they would drop the kids off to go mess with. And I remember uh, Channel 43 out of Cleveland that tended to play, uh, it was either Predator or Aliens every other weekend, it seemed, in the little kid mind. Edited, ultra-edited down to 90 minutes uh, <laughs> with commercials, so it was probably about, you know, 60 minutes. <laughs> but I would uh, watch those movies religiously over and over and over. And it was the same, they would occasionally throw in a random Star Wars movie, but it was usually... Return of the Jedi, as I recall. It wasn't often uh, Empire, because Empire ends on a downer. And it wasn't A New Hope, because that's like two and a half hours long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Return with the Ewoks is family-friendly and all. Yeah. But yeah, that's the. I think the, the first experience I ever had watching Return of the Jedi was at your place on a black and white tenable TV. And oh, watching hilarious. it again, it's still a great movie. It's not quite up to par with... Uh, four and f- episodes four and five, but I think that you probably have some different thoughts on that as well because I, I think that that's your you know your favorite, I I go it? back and forth on picking one of that trilogy and this is where for the longest time you became a Star Trek guy and I was still sticking Star Wars yeah and uh, that would be the difference between director you and writer me and that's uh, where Star Trek is episodic. Mm-hmm. if that makes any sense, where each episode is like a sequel. And then the story continues, whereas Star Wars is, this is all part of the story. This is just the second part. And this is the third part, the end. Now, Star Trek, looking back on that, the mo- just the movies, works that way. But it seemed to be, it had the feel that it was created in uh, Aftermath. Whereas Star Wars was designed that way f- sort of from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, felt that way. Um, now I tend to side with, uh, Return of the Jedi as being my favorite, uh, but then I go watch New Hope and I'm like, this is a masterpiece. This is brilliant. Uh, Empire has the best moments of any of the Star Wars movies. Oops. 
knocking shit around here, wave my arms. Uh, Empire has the best moments of any of the Star Wars movies, but again, that ending, it just, I've oh, never, no. I've never come to grips with that ending. And it's, and a lot of people say it's because it ends on a downer and you want a happy ending. No, it's not that. It just sort of ends. And we're, we're sort of, every time I watch it, I'm like, you didn't wrap up anything. Like, it, it just ends. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Luke loses his hand and Han's gone and it's a roll credits. And it's, Come on, give us an ending. Um, and then I, you know, the Return of the, not that Return of the Jedi is perfect, but that third act is so mind-blowing to me on uh, because of uh, the editing. And, and you have three different battles going on concurrently. Yeah. Yep, and they're they're cutting between three different battles at the same time. It's a it's masterful editing uh, that it just blows my mind every single time how that movie is edited, especially the third act. It just it's so amazing. Yeah, amazing. Right. It's it's yep. amazing, amazing, amazing. I thought I got it all out. Apparently, I did not. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You know, and watching it again, um, I don't I don't even have a problem with the Ewoks. Uh, no, I, I know, I've never had a problem with the yeah. Ewoks. That's a thing where uh, the people who were seven years old when A New Hope came out grew up by the time the Return of the Jedi came out and were like, Ewoks, that's dorky. I was never uh, old enough for any of it, so it all was, like, but I was seven by the time Return came out, or maybe younger, <laughs> five. Yeah. Uh, so it was all in that childhood wonder stage for me. I yeah. never had any of that problem. Yeah, I was nine years old when Return came out, and yeah, I I have no problem with that. I'll take a million Ewoks over one Jar Jar Bangs any day. <laughs> and with that, let's move into the prequels, sir. Yes. What do you think of the prequels? You know, I uh, originally actually, wait, wait, wait. You gave the original uh, thoughts on our connectivity with the originals. I'll give our thoughts, my perception of our thoughts on the prequels. To okay. begin with. Okay. Uh, I remember going to see the original, uh, the original, the, the first one, episode one. Uh, boss I worked with years and years and years ago. It just happened to come out at the time. We were both Star Wars guys. Uh, had to go pick up his wife over uh, Ashland Way uh, from college or something. And uh, they had one crappy theater in there. This theater was so crappy that it used to be a stage or something, and they cut the uh, in half, so ha- all of the seats, they put a wall down the middle. Half the seats were tilted towards this one random wall, and then they put a screen up. Oh, nice. Crappiest theater you've ever seen. Walked out of episode one, mind blown. Absolutely loved it. This was my early 20s. This was the birth of real crazy, in-depth CGI. I know CGI existed before this, but this was where CGI was creating whole worlds. I was so mesmerized by that. I was I couldn't believe that people were hating on it. Talk mm. to you. You loved it. You were amazing. Yep. Pod race. It's amazing. We tend to get hooked by the special effects. Uh, as time went on, we realized, yeah, that movie's pretty bad. But <laughs> there's a lot of... It's not as bad as most people make it out to be. Again, you get into that thing where if you start going down the path of... I talked about this with Jupiter Ascending. You start going down that path of, why is her hair like that? Why is his skin blue? Why why does he talk like that? You're you're boned. You're com- you are you're completely boned. Don't even watch this kind yeah. of movie. Um, that being said, I mean, a lot of people 
still bitch about the politics and, oh, Trade Federation and, you know, Jar Jar Binks. And then you go into episodes, he's setting things up, you know? This yeah. this is what leads to this, what leads to this, what, you know, that, all of that was building blocks, blocks to the Emperor taking over. Palpatine couldn't have taken power without those stepping stones. Is it a bad movie? Of course it is. But that stuff still tends to kind of make sense to me. Uh, is Jar Jar Binks annoying? Of course he is. I'm not insane or blind or deaf. Although watching him <laughs> makes me wish I was. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Luckily, in episode two, he cut his role way back and yes. got rid of Jake Lloyd because he's a terrible actor. But then he gave us Hayden Christensen. Yep. Mother Which of is God. Every bit is bad. And uh, honestly... Uh, I gotta say, originally, after watching all three of them several times, I'm like, you know, uh, The Phantom Menace is not the worst Star Wars movie of the six. I nope. told you that before you did. watched it. Like, I told you know you. what? Well, now, wait, wait, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, First okay. of all, yes. when episode two came out, we went and watched it at that, uh, again, digital was becoming uh, oh, a yeah. big thing. At the time, it was what is now 3d it was we had a digital it was brand new digital theater right near cleveland mm-hmm. uh digital projection was the only one around so we went up ate at quaker steak yep always great went to a, the f- full digital audio and visual and we both walked out of that movie going that is the best star wars movie we have ever seen you bought a poster you framed it we yes, were, we've watched it before we were like this is amazing and then a couple years down the road, we revisit it and go, that is so bad and bad, bad. <laughs> Finally, episode three came. I'm moving quickly. Finally, episode three came out. Um, and finally, I'm going to get to see the fight that I've waited 20 years to see because it's been said before by other people. But uh, in A New Hope, Obi-Wan says to Vader, or Vader says to Obi-Wan, uh, before you were the master and I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And your powers are weak, old man, and etc., etc. And I often wondered, what did that fight look like? What happened between these two? They were brothers, and now they're not. They fought. Why would they fight? You know, that those things were never answered. They were never even hinted at. Now we get to finally see... And it did not disappoint. And of the prequels, I will say that's the only one that gets a true solid thumbs up for me is episode three. Yep. That movie kicks ass. And a lot of people say that fight is way too choreographed. And I defend that fight. Those people are wrong. You're talking about brothers who fought side by side, trained side by side. They know how each other thinks. They know how each other fights. They would know each other's moves. They would know each other's choreography instinctively because they through the force and with training have learned to fight together and that's something that just comes with like martial arts training it's the same kind of thing if you fight if you spar with somebody long enough you learn how they think and you can fight them better yeah so that fight would look like that that made absolute sense to me um again not a perfect movie not up to the originals Uh, and it was after reviewing all three of the prequels many times that I came around and told you, you know, we're really, really wrong about episode two, right? Like, that's the worst one of the three. Like, episode one, bad, 
Episode two worse. Episode three good. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and exactly. And then you rewatched them, and you came back and and said, <laughs> "Yep, you're right." <laughs> I, I mean, and episode two is that's a rough one to get through. And there's there's a great movie in there. There really is. It's just there's enough bad in there that it's just like, oh no, why did you do that? I mean, for every cool Boba Fett scene, and for every cool asteroid dodging space battle, there is. Hayden Christensen spouting off the worst dialogue uh, short of an Asylum movie. Seriously, it, it is Asylum movie-level acting and dialogue on certain scenes in that movie. I, I, I'm not even entirely sure if it's... Uh, the dialogue's bad, but I'm not, in, I'm not sure that it's entirely that's the problem or Lucas's direction. It's widely been uh, stated in the press that he's just faster faster that's his direction that's all he gives and as i've said before christensen needs direction if he has good direction he's a good actor uh he rarely gets it though and uh, there you have episode two he he's jealous of me or something i don't (laughs) whatever he's saying he's holding me back oh it's i hate sand it's gritty and it gets every oh (laughs) oh it's so bad uh but the ideas present in those movies, I, I don't have a problem with. And yeah, I encourage you to go watch that other animated Star Wars series. I you've watched. I know. Some of I've it, got to. I've... Dude, it's so good. You will think differently about the Boba Fett stuff in Episode Two after watching uh, that show. Oh, really? That, that that it may again. I'm the Star Wars dork here defending the prequels, but it it again makes me like them just a hair more. Uh, but. I have to be honest when I review them, so I'll say, yes, they're bad. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Now, what do you think about uh, you know, Rogue One is coming out, and they're, now that Disney has the rights to it, they're going to expand this universe, and there's going to be new Star Wars movies being pumped out every other year, probably, at least, I would guess. But, and Rogue One is going to be made. Or that's the next one going to be made. Yep. Do you, are you, like, do you think that that's going to have an effect on the the uh, event status of a Star Wars movie instead of one... Don't care. (laughs) Don't care. I'm I'm a comic book dork. I'm a Star Wars dork. I grew up on this stuff. I got beat up because I like this stuff. Could not care less. There are people saying it's overkill. You're you're killing the comic book movie by making it... making one every six months. I do not care. Give it to me. I'll take it all. I'll take a Star Wars movie every month. Are you you out of your mind? (laughs) Uh, but I'm uh, I'm the weirdo in that group. So uh, can you kill the goose with the golden yeah. egg? You absolutely can. But please make them good. Yes. I, every time that I doubt it, go to uh, Facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod and look at the uh, banner. That would be the banner of the crew from Rogue One. Uh, I don't even think there's a white person in there. Thank God. Because yeah. I'll tell you, Star Wars universe really white. Up until Mr. Colt 45 uh, and a Wookiee. But yes. other than that, uh, do I want to hear the story of the many Bonthas lost their lives giving us this information? Bothan spies. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Many yes, Bothan I spies want to hear lost that their lives. Do I want to hear that story? Are you out of your damn mind? Of course I want to hear that story. Bring it on. Bring it. I... Knocking shit around again. Of course I want to hear that story. <laughs> Bring it on. All of it. More Star Wars. More, more, more. I have no yeah. problem with that. Yeah. Uh, of course people are going to shit on it and... Uh, that just comes with the territory. People's yeah. expectations for Star Wars stuff is so high; it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and, and I even a lot think of times that... I'm like, just relax. Yeah. And <laughs> enjoy and, a lightsaber. And, and unfortunately, I'm sure that no matter how good J.J. Abrams' Star Wars is going to be, I am sure that there's going to be plenty of haters, plenty of God knows what comes out of it. And who knows, rightly so. Maybe it's rightly so, but yeah, there's always the... Uh, Oh, there's too much of a good thing, and, you know... It's inevitable, and I'm sure we'll get hooked by the special effects and the returning characters, but hey, you know what? Let's give it a chance. And give me a break. If anything had a chance to dethrone Avatar and Titanic on the all-time, worldwide, best-selling movies, this is it. And I think it probably will. Really? And I'm... Oh, I do. And I'm all for it. Hmm, Absolutely, I'm, but I'm the Star Wars. I, I'm a dork with this. I, I, I literally on my shelf have fifty books of Star Wars <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, uh, just so you, just so the audience knows where I'm coming from, <laughs> yeah, that's what you're dealing with over here. Yeah, I'm the nerd. I'm I'm, I'm into all of it. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm very me. I'm very curious as to where Disney will take this. Will they Will they resurrect? Boba Fett out of the Sarlacc pit? Will they, I just wonder where? Like, there's so many different... that that already happened in the comic books. So that they could are, be something that they could do in a movie, could, then, or an origin story with Boba Fett, or a, whatever with Boba. That they, they uh, supposedly the uh, one of the side movies is going to be young Han Solo and Boba Fett and their history. Yeah. Go for it. I don't. I don't care. And people are like, you can't recast Han Solo with a not Harrison Ford actor. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah. I I just don't have a problem with these with recastings uh, yeah. unless it's the name of a recasting that's been completely horrible. There have been some, yes, but. Yeah. Um, give it a chance. I I just hate these people that are so stringent. You can't shit on my childhood. You know what? You literally can't shit on my childhood. If you make a movie that sucks, I'll just ignore it and go back to watching the movies from my childhood. Yeah. Yep. But the question is, will they make a movie about Bosk or Hammerhead? That's what I want to know. <laughs> you know what? I would watch those movies. I would watch I, a movie I, about I, Bosk. Yes. <laughs> and IG-88. Let's, let's yes. have a movie... Where I really dive on and, him. and Bosk team up, and it's a wacky kind of buddy cop type thing where they're <laughs> there. <laughs> Star Wars. It's a comedy. Now I'm against it. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's a buddy cop comedy, and there's a dog. It's it, no explanation, just a dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and the dog would be the little the little uh, thing yeah, in the desk. <laughs> And you, and you, yeah, you know what you're trying to, the little box on wheels that, that yeah, drives around the Death Star. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I could I would seriously watch a movie just following him around all day. <laughs> oh, that would be well, seriously. Great. What is its purpose in the age of telecommuting and uh, yeah. instant access and sending holograms of oh. Emperor, yes, I kneel before you. Uh, your you hologram, little, tell little, me what to do. What is that guy's rec- job? Rectangles with wheels that. that... <laughs> <laughs> but still gets afraid of uh, Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. But again, once you start diving on the logic of some of these things, it breaks it's... down to an area where it's forget it. You're, you're out. <laughs> out of... Yes. Okay. We're we're running late, so. Okay. Uh, let's do a tease real quick. Uh, upcoming stuff. This is stuff that I took on vacation and did not get a chance to watch because I didn't watch anything in the last week and a half. All of my reviews were stuff bumped from the last month. So I'm very happy to be home from vacation and uh, sitting on my own couch. Uh, so I'm going to rewatch Ghost in the Shell Part 2. Mm. Haven't watched that in forever. Dying for some more uh, anime goodness. Uh, I'm finally going to finish up 
the Captain America, I think it was from the 90s, the bad one, the horribleness okay. one. I have got to turn in a review for that. And David Lynch's Eraserhead has been on my pile for approximately five years. I have owned this movie and have never watched it. I need to get this checked off the list. Uh, and I will, honestly, I'll probably be watching some of these shorts and Area 51, Hangar 10, stuff like that that you've been uh, yeah. mentioning this episode. What do you have coming up for you, sir? Uh, well, and if you are going to watch any of the shorts, uh, I, I did want to throw out there one more that I had saw that I didn't touch on on this show, but I just, it's so up your alley. I gave it five stars out of five. Brain wow. hack. <laughs> it's science fiction awesome sauce. Just watch it. Trust me. Where at? Vimeo? Vimeo. Okay. Yep. Brain hack. Trust me. It's <laughs> okay. Great. I'll, um, I'll, okay, I'll so, watch it. Uh, movies that I'm going to be watching here soon. Just so you know, Eraserhead is going to be playing at the Nightlight Theater on Friday and I, maybe it's Saturday and Sunday. Either Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday of next weekend. Late night showings at the Nightlight. Eraserhead. Just throwing that out there. Go to nightlightcinema.com for yep. your tickets. Yep. Uh, so coming up for me is I actually am going to try to make it to the Nightlight Theater uh, this week to watch Phoenix, about a disfigured concentration camp survivor, unrecognizable after facial reconstruction surgery, searches uh, for a post-war Berlin for her husband who, ha- who might have betrayed her to the Nazis. It is getting rave reviews, and uh, it's being, somehow it's being compared to an, uh, an Alfred Hitchcock-type thriller. Mm, uh, nice. So uh, I actually messaged uh, our friend Steve over at Cinema Sidekicks if he would possibly want to join me. I know that he goes up to the theater quite a bit. So I'm going to try and go up there. I've got to drop off our Four Nights of Fulci poster to the theater. So I'm like, you know what? If I'm going up there, I'm going to watch a movie. And Phoenix yeah. is playing. I'm like, that sounds good. So I'm going to try and watch that. And also, uh, have you heard of a movie called Why Don't You Play in Hell? No. A renegade film crew becomes embroiled with a Yakuza clan feud. It's a Japanese Yakuza movie made last year that is supposed to be balls out awesome. Um, And with a title like that, I am going to watch that movie. (laughs) Yeah, actually, that does sound familiar. Now you you read the synopsis, I do think I've heard of that. Hmm. But it's something about Yakuza and a film crew and 35mm film plays a major part in that movie for some reason they were only wanting to shoot on 35mm or something and it gets fantastic reviews and I hear that it is just great and extremely gory and just awesome I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to watch that hopefully before the next episode so I can report on that one awesome so. okay as always you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly both on iTunes and uh, let's not forget about Four Nights of Fulci. Uh, you can email us, Four Nights of Fulci at yahoo.com. That's spelled out four, not the number. And follow us on Twitter at Four Nights of Fulci. That is the number. Um, and we have facebook.com backslash Four Nights of Fulci. We're out there everywhere. You can find us. Uh, I think that's all. Yep, that's uh, it for me. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. Uh, what's your operating number? Uh, That's a boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're going to have company!
and fade out. <laughs> oh, that was great.